0: Myself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on. The journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Polinski and Eduardo Monteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Go for it. I think we should just go for it. Um awesome. Well, here we are again. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Good to see you, man.
1: Always good to see
0: you, my guy. Um, Welcome to the Know Yourself Podcast. Um, Yes. So today we will be talking um, a little bit more about natural law. Um, We're going to be talking about um, that base layer, as Daniel and I were talking about, of where um, consciousness overall should be uh observed from I suppose yeah. and the polarity of what that base layer is whether it's from love and fear and everything else that goes after that after that or comes thereafter and um and really just uh what the law of attraction you know kind of entails and there'll be a lot more um that I don't want to just give away right right now you know I want to wait till we really open up and start talking. I know you have some great notes and so do I. So, you know, this will be great to talk about um, this law of attraction and, and where we can, um, you know, manifest what we should be manifesting and not let others tell us, you know, how to lead our lives. Right. Um, so with that being said, I hope that's enough of an introduction there so we can sort of take it away. If not, I can start over. (laughs) (laughs) No, I loved it, man. I loved it. Yeah. And you brought up a really
1: good point, man, because what this really is, is this is really just that primal causal factor um, behind all manifestation. And it's really when you kind of break it down to the essence, and that's really what natural law really is looking at. And so really, when we get down to the root essence of all conscious expression, whether it's thought, emotion, and action, it really kind of comes from this this duality. And again, we know that consciousness is a oneness, mm-hmm. but it is presented to us in a duality. Um, and this has created this duality for our betterment, as long as we live according to this. And that's why it's so important to understand natural law. That's why it's really the biggest topic. It's what this, pretty much this podcast has all been about, natural law and knowledge of self. Okay. Um, and really when you do break down conscious expression it does it it goes down to the root root cause of it is going to be love and fear Mm -hmm. um and not so much the romantic love that we would see in like a movie and how we kind of perceive it in um the west so that's an expression of love but love is a much more powerful thing again you know in the west we we use love for um so many different expressions you know um like you love your friends, but it's a different love than your maybe your children or your nieces and nephews. It's a different love from your romantic partner. So really, love doesn't really get its um, the most full expression in English because we've kind of solidified it as one word. And there's really tears to love. And what we're really talking about today is universal love and more what we're talking about is the expansion of consciousness so when we really speak about love and fear love is going to be the expansion of consciousness right. more pattern recognition more light to a situation right and then fear is going to be the destruction of consciousness so it's going to be really the confinement of that um, expression the inability to see patterns and more darkness, which again is the opposite of enlightenment, which we're all kind of working on this journey to accomplish,
0: right? Yeah. No, I I know that, um, you know, our primitive ancestors will tell you that the love that they understood was universal love. So there was no um, sectional or there, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't in a way that we have cut it up to be what it is today. It was universal in all aspects of life, and there was no question about it. And so right. the expression was just oneness with everything. Yes, you know. So, uh, so yeah, I, I agree that the the opposite of that, or the polarity of that, would be fear and okay. learning how to take something so vast and condensing it to something so small and right. keeping it at that. Right, that that small perspective. Yes, um, yes. But um,
1: yeah, no, and that's that's perfect. And really, the um, you know, we're going to be kind of quoting a couple different individuals who've done some study on this, with Manly P. Hall being one of them, Alan Watts, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, when we're talking about the language and the language we're using, we're really utilizing the language of Mark Passio, who is that current researcher, and he did a great job of one thing he's really done is simplified these very complex topics that usually can get a little too flowery. You know, sometimes we, um, you start reading metaphysical stuff and you start reading occultism and just, it's such beautiful language. It's hard to kind of get that hard grasp of how do I actually apply this to my life and how do I truly understand that? And Mark Passio did a really great job. And that's really what we're going to be kind of looking at today, you know, and really what we're going to be looking at is how this natural law not only works on the independent level, but how it works on the collective level. And again, if we're all one and there's this oneness and we're all really just one consciousness, have an individual expression, we're really going to see what happens to a society when individuals are not only aware of this law, but they live by these natural laws, okay? And so what we're, one thing we're going to really see is the tie between morality and freedom and how they actually play a very, very close tie to each other, and the more moral um, understanding and more moral actions of a society, the more freedom they're gonna have. Right. The more immoral society, the more we're gonna have slavery and control, um, external control, which right. is something, you know, as conscious individuals, we um, are always trying to liberate ourselves from. So that's really gonna be something that we're going to look at today. So. We're going to kind of look at the aggregate: what happens when the you know the entire population is living in harmony with natural law, um, and what happens in a if a entire population is not living in accordance to natural law. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to look at what that looks like on the independent, end uh, indiv- of individualized consciousness as well, because it always is going to start with us, and then it's going to expand to the community. So we always want to do this work internally, um, and then it will you know, manifest its way to the external. But you brought up a really good, really good point, because this is the true law of attraction. Okay, so um, that's something we definitely know from kind of the New Age movement, we kind of get this kind of watered down right. um, version of this, you know, this law of attraction, where it's really for material gain. But really, the whole reason why we are co-creators with creation is for the expansion of consciousness. It really isn't for the accumulation of any kind of material good or control over anybody. So again, you're gonna be able to see how this expresses itself in the positive with conscious expression and how it expresses itself with negativity. And that's gonna be kind of control and, I mean, almost like you know, just that lowercase self and kind of, you know, greed and corruption. Right. Um, Because you can utilize this for either way. Again, it's a, it's a
0: tool. Yeah. Depends on what you do with the tool. Well, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, any kind of religion that's been formulated in the past, uh, at some point, you know, it's true intention of being one with everything and the divine that they have spoken about becomes a lowercase G God. And then they're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, we're the gods. Yes. And so follow us, be with us, and we'll tell you what you can and cannot do in order to climb that ladder to the heavens, which is ridiculous to think right. that someone else could could segregate that again, you know, and break it apart when it's supposed to be so vast and so expansive, you know, in order for everyone to have that divine or that divinity within them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, you brought it a point perfectly man and even when we look at um you know one of the last prophets that we saw um jesus of nazareth the way the truth and the life he's talking about this natural law principle he's talking about when you operate from that base expression of love right that is the way the truth and the life it's really um you know it's it's following the set of these figures rather than following the established religions that come afterwards. Because remember, Jesus never asked for a religion. That was like the last thing he ever wanted was a religion, an organization. Right. That wasn't for a couple hundred years afterwards that were really the council announced Nicaea that we're actually going to see this formulation of what christianity kind of looks like in this modern time and again right. it's going to go through evolution as well but that's really where they threw out a lot of these natural law principles because they're like wait a second we can't control these people if they know this stuff you know right. so that's when they're going to throw it around and they're really going to start creating their dogma and that's really when they're going to start kind of collecting their gold and yeah. they haven't stopped collecting their gold you mm-hmm. know
0: they they love their gold oh they love their gold And they put it right in front of you too and and even if they're uh Even if they're found out, they continue doing it uh, thereafter. So it's, um, yeah. Yes. Yes. Slippery slope.
1: It is a slippery slope, right, man? So, um, and you know, one thing that we really want to, one of the first things that kind of gets brought up with natural law is, you know, we do live in this time where this information is available. So now for hundreds and hundreds of years, especially after the council in Nicaea, this was kept from people. And you would be, you know, you would be burnt at the stake if you shared this information. This is why alchemy was a language of symbols, so they right. could actually communicate these principles to each other um, in some sort of protection. But again, if you were caught doing alchemy, it was pretty much a, a your fate was pretty much sealed. So it, it was something that really wasn't promoted, and it wasn't until a couple hundred years ago that we really started reigniting this information. And that's going to be something that's really important because. With that being said, you almost have to, and it's really an important term to understand. He, it's something he kind of really covers in his his natural law seminar, which I think is like eight hours. And I really Mark
0: Passio. Yeah, and
1: I really recommend everybody watching it because this is really just a condensed version of it. And he goes very, very deep in this understanding. But he does one of the things he really breaks down, and I know we've spoken about this before, but it's always kind of good to go back over, and that's the term of nescience. And ignorance. And we really do live in a time of ignorance and not nations. So, nations would be there's information that you don't know about, but you're not really expected to know about. So, like, say, me and you were, um, say, we were peasant farmers in like Russia and we lived, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away from any metropolitan area. And it was just like me and you in this field, right? We, wouldn't really be expected to know these natural laws. Now, again, we'd be living with nature, so we'd probably have a good understanding how natural law works, but we wouldn't ever be really educated on the actual terms, right? We wouldn't know the exact terms of this, but we would kind of see how it would play out. But we really wouldn't be expected to understand that, right? That's opposite of today, because this information is everywhere. At this point in life, we are really doing ignorance. So, ignorance is you're actually ignoring this information. Nessence is like you're not expected to know this information, right? Um, Again, it's going to affect you either way, but it's a heavier burden when we're actually ignoring this information, that ignorance. Um, And that's one of the things that kind of we're going to talk about today, because through this principle, through this essence of love, the whole idea that internal expression the first expression that you go through is knowledge and kind of accepting this information and being able to accept new information is going to be really important in how natural law kind of flows through you and we're going to kind of see it it has like a one-way path it's either going to go flow through love and it's going to collapse the waves that it needs to for the expansion of consciousness or it's going to go through the path of fear and it's going to really constrict the expression of consciousness and it's 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 an input output system. It's just like it's just like how we were talking about that brain and how the humans are really how a computer was based off a human like you input love, you process love, you're going to output love. You input fear, you're going to process fear and your output is fear. So it really is important when we're really trying to, you know, change this co-creative reality that we find ourselves in. That we work with these these essences, these finer substances, which is love, to create everything. Not just not just love in certain aspects of our life, but really how do we how do we attach to this essence and really manifest it in our entire walking life from you know when we wake up to when we go to bed? Right. Right. So that's really kind of what we're gonna be looking at today. And then really, you know, again, not just on the personal self, but also how does this manifest into the aggregate, how does this manifest into our society? And if we really do want to change the world, this is the formula. And this is the only formula. You can't do it either other way. Like you either process through love and you create a society of love or you don't.
0: Yeah. I always say the, the, the quote that we talked about by Gandhi that says, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, but it's a very powerful quote that gets very, um, Overlooked, I suppose, because of where, where it's coming from. I know people have opinions about such a person like Gandhi, but I always still like to live by that principle because it's either you put out, as you're talking about, which I think is beautifully said, especially in the times we're living in right now, is what you get in and what you get out of, what you process through from what's been told to you. Um, you have a free will decision to change that. You doesn't mean that you aren't aware of such consequences that are being presented to you, but you are aware of. Of what lies deep within you, which is truth, and we're all born that way. You know, no one's born out of hate. Um, you know, people are born out of love, and you know, and we lose that as a as a growing individual based on the things we're told to pay attention to or to ignore, and what to believe and not to believe. Even though we have that moral compass deep inside, uh, it's always there for us to sort of lean on and be able to bring back at any po- at any point in time in your life you could be you know a very young person to middle age and so forth and you can always find a way to as you're saying affect the aggregate you know yeah. really be able to have them we it really lies within us um so yeah
1: yeah oh man and that you bring up a really good point about how we are we are birth through love and then you just think about how like even the modern birthing process and how they criminalize this idea of home births or using midwives anymore because again, what do they do when you come out now? Instead of like being met by your mother and these loved individuals and this place of love, you're in this synthetic hospital room. And immediately what they do is they just take you over, not your mother, and they just weigh you under these fluorescent lights. They weigh and tag. Weigh and tag. And you, you're you coming into consciousness and this is your first expression. And again, we don't even, I don't think there's enough thought about this of how, why can't we weigh that baby in an hour? Like, It's not going to change its weight much. We don't need to get a tag on this baby immediately. But again, they pull you away and they put you in this case of fear. Like there's no love from the, because again, now I'm not saying all nurses don't, some nurses that are working in there, I think really do, you know, try to give that love vibration, but it's nothing going to be like a midwife that's been working with you this whole time. Um, What a way to start a child off.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. What are the ramifications a, of this? It's a great point. It's a great point. I actually just side note had a friend who had a, a baby. Congratulations, Tyler. But they had a midwife that they'd known for a long time. And his son, who's two years old, was there to witness the birth of his brother. Mm. And them as a unit, as a family. So all everyone was in the room. I love it. Um, it was just a powerful moment that I know he he feels like needed to happen. You yeah. know? and they didn't plan it that way. He the little boy who's two wanted to see it. Yeah. And I just feel like what a great way to observe and to also, um, you know, realize like what this miracle really Mm -hmm. is, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a great point. It's actually, you're absolutely right. You know, doing it that way is probably starting to become more common now from what I've seen, or maybe I just have friends who think that way. Right. You know, I can't really say for sure, but, uh, but that's a great example. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, and
1: you just don't know. I mean, there's, because again when we were looking at like the newborn and how many neurons are connected and how just that's such a formative process of that essence like again we talked about this with like how they're instructing mothers to wear a mask when they're holding their babies and anything they're dealing with their babies and like what are the ramifications of that if children not seeing the facial expressions of their mother of their father You know, we're going to, again, everything has cause and effect and we don't, there's so much stuff we overlook in our society because we've become so kind of dedicated to this five cents illusion. Right. And it's just like, oh, but this is the healthier way to do it. And you're like, okay, maybe physically it's going to help save some situations, but what's the mental and spiritual ramifications of having a baby in this synthetic- environment you know right. and again I'm, there's some amazing nurses and there's some amazing doctors out there who I think really do bring that love into the
0: into the the delivery room right
1: but i i can't say that's going
0: to be 100% obvious and 100% right. constant so and that is the evolution of fear that's the thing that people need to understand is that anytime you think that one thing is better than the other you're only example is what was before and what was before is often presented to you as something less than or not as great as. And so that's why people won't question what is in front of them now because they believe, well, whatever it was like, and I'll just use a common description that I've heard, but it'll be like whatever it was then in the great depression, let's just say, you know, the chances of a survival of a child at birth were slim to none because of the lack of, um, or the, um, inability to know how to do this properly with proper care and proper, you know, uh, 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 modern medicine, but that's not true. I mean, babies have been born (laughs) since the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but it's just funny that if you were to question, and this is where I want to lead this conversation into is that no one will question it because the only thing they're basing it off is the contrast of what they didn't have versus what they have. But what they have is something that also should be questioned. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. So it's like no one's gonna think that the process of birthing in a hospital is one that is probably not as good as it could be if it had more uh a more uh organic and more pure way of having the loved ones and the ones that need um to be to actually be there. Um that's that's really what's more important. But again, no one questions that once again because it's like, well, no, this is this is where I was told is the safest. You know, there's that word, again, the safest yeah. place to, to be. And so, once again, fear, fear. you yeah. know.
1: And again, one thing we're going to see, too, and again, we can kind of tap back to Yoda on this one, but love is harder. The You know, the white side is harder to do this process of love. It takes work. It right. takes self-knowledge. It takes universal connection to consciousness. Fear is easier because you just accept whatever is being told to you. Exactly. And you just... You know, you just kind of accept that. So that's going to be some, one of the things that we really kind of want to look at. And again, when we think about love and fear, a great way to kind of look at that is, you know, reference the um, the Star Wars episode between, you know, the force and the dark side. And that's exactly right. what we're talking about. We're talking about love and fear and the polarity between. And again, you know, Yoda says that. He's just like, you know, when Luke asked him, what's stronger, the light side, you know, the force or the dark side? He says, is the dark side stronger? He says, no, it's, It's easier. It might be like sexier, you know, because you control people and people, and you can manipulate, but no, it's not more powerful. It's just easier. And that's going to be one thing we see. It's ease, self-knowledge, self-sovereignty is full-time work. I mean, but that's why we're here, and that's what we need to overcome, this understanding of this is why we incarnated, was to learn ourselves. This is the main goal of consciousness. Right. So- it's our ultimate job. So of course it's going to be a hard job to do, but the payoff is the evolution of consciousness. It's, uh, you know, a, a loving society based off of love, peace, and grace rather than fear, which we find ourselves in now. Right. You know, um, and one really interesting thing before we kind of break down how these expressions actually work is Dr. Emoto, I think was his name, um, did some really amazing, experiments. And I'm sure this is something that most of our listeners know about, but if not, definitely look it up. And his last name is E-M-O-T-O, if you want to look it up. And what he did is he was studying water. And what he did is he put some water and he played classical music Mm -hmm. and just told this water, like, I love you, was giving it all love energy, right? And then he had different water that he played like really aggressive music at and it would yell at. And then he would look under the microscope and then the love water, we would have sacred geometry, right? We know, which is, which is a topic that we've been getting requested a lot. So we are going to do some podcast episodes on that in the future, but we have the most beautiful shapes in the world. Like we literally have, you know, um, just the most beautiful things. It's actually like what we see the patterns that Venus makes in the night sky and the pattern that Jupiter makes in the night sky and just universal design and these universal patterns and then you look under the ones that were based in fear that he just yelled at, and they, they're they dead. They're broken. There's no connection. There's no beautiful pattern. It just looks like these floating things. And he just was showing, you know, this is why it's so important that you should bless your food. It's something we don't do very often. Like, everybody takes, like, pictures of their food now in the West, but really, like, praying over your food is a really powerful thing for you to get that nutrition. Um, blessing your water and actually, like, really sending love force into that water is such a receptive thing we know it's the it's the um archetype of the feminine which is the receptive principle of consciousness so it's it does it takes in energy and it it takes in the energy that you give it and he really was able to show just the ramifications of what happens when you lead with love and what happens when you lead with fear and it's absolutely it's literally dead that you're 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 drinking death or you're drinking love yeah this can be applied to every situation in life, yeah, and that's no, something
0: we have to be aware of. So, yeah, there's several disciplines, and and I, this is something else that I know we're going to bring up on the podcast. But there's several disciplines that I want to cover within um, our future episode that will describe how to, you know, better that. Process And what I mean by bettering that process is there are disciplines like just simple breath work. So there are several studies, and I won't mention the names of those studies just yet, so I'll save it for the podcast, but they'll just talk about the way you inhale and exhale is completely restructuring your cells. What you don't do and um, how you do it in an incorrect way will also have a negative consequence onto Mm. you, which people know about. They'll know when they're not really consciously or or they're not consciously participating in, in something that should better themselves. And they're just going based off of once again, fear. And, you know, if anyone's ever had a a real panic attack and I'm sure there's several people out there, they'll tell you like, you know, the root or the base root of where that came from, came from total chaos, came from total unexpected, um, convoluted thoughts that could have been controlled with the simple, um, change in vibration or change in, in, um, that, uh, approach to just simply breathing, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, I know we'll save that for, for the next uh, few episodes ahead, but, uh, go yeah, on.
1: Absolutely, man. So, you know, what we kind of want to do as we kind of lead on this discussion, uh, discussion is we're going to kind of take a look now at this, this natural law expression. Um, and this is a chart that I got from that, um, no lecture. Yeah, that lecture, that natural loss seminar, and this it really does, it breaks it down a perfect way, and we'll post this on the website as well. Um, but what we're really looking at is this positive and negative expression of this generative polarity, okay? And this is that generative energy that we talked about in that loss principle um, episode, that generative factor of the heart, and that G, what stands for in Freemasonry. And this is how you can generate that energy. So that generative polarity is just like we talked about the positive generative polarity what we use to create the positive one is going to be love. Right. We can almost just coin that as consciousness. The negative aspect of that is going to be fear. And we could almost um equate that to unconsciousness. So love is consciousness, fear is unconsciousness, right? right. So the initiating, the initiating expression, so kind of how it starts, that positive love consciousness is going to be, its start is going to be knowledge, and that's going to be the acceptance of truth, yeah. the alignment of truth, right? This is a, and we've talked about this, this alignment of truth is a leap of faith, but as we go through this process, we will see that we can actually quantify this experience with causal and effect understanding right okay so you only have to do that leap of faith with truth once and then once you do you'll be able to see the effects and then it will become knowledge right so you it does it takes that first leap of faith to be like is there such thing as truth you put it through the scientific experience and this conscious expression and then you see the outcome and you can validate your
0: expression which is very important yeah so that kind of fits into the idea of you can't um you can't Not, you can't teach how to be unselfish. So the idea of of that, and you can correct me, but I'm asking the question based on what you just said, because once you really realize you're being, you know, selfish, then you sort of release yourself from the prison you put yourself in. But to teach it to someone, they don't really, they have to come within. They have to know how to do that themselves. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, and that's something that I've been reading about more, that's you know no matter how much you try that person has to come to that realization on their own that they were being you know yeah is that kind of what we're talking yeah. about
1: here yeah well i think too um you know we get taught this um this illusion of scarcity and what yeah, we're going to you, t- go. you know and so what we're going to see is that love is this abundant energy that's infinite because it is it does come from the infinite it's the expression of the infinite so it takes that person to understand that You know, if I have 100% love in my heart and I give you 100% of my love, I still have 100% love. It's not a finite thing. It's infinite, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to go through that process where selfishness, that's going to be from an idea of scarcity. Right. Okay, so you don't really see that generative energy and you're not awakened to that generative energy to be like, oh, I actually need to share. I need to take care of other people. You're living in that five cents illusion of scarcity. Right, So it is, it is an internal realization, and that's kind of really important because when we were talking about that process of really coming online and granting consciousness, a lot of it is unlearning what we've learned rather than right. learning it, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what that process is. Um, so again, if we're coming through that negative aspect, like you just said, selfishness, how that initial expression is going to be, how that ex- is going to start is ignorance, refusal of the truth refusal to see the generative force of that love energy, right. refusal to even understand that there's a final finer substance, right? This is me, 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 right? This is that idea of scarcity. When we know that internally the infinite is infinite, so there is no scarcity to love. But if you don't want to look at that and you want to ignore that that's even exists and you just want to perceive the four elements and the five senses, you're going to ignore that information, Right, and that's going to come from fear. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you're unconscious. You're really not actually processing. You're just living with the sensation of life. You're not actually validating the sensation of life. And what unconsciousness, this negative expression, which is this fear, really comes down to when you're unconsciousness, you are not seeing pattern recognition. Right. And that's what really consciousness is all about: is pattern recognition, seeing patterns how they develop, seeing patterns, how they formed in the past, and seeing how patterns are manifesting in the future. That's really conscious expression, um, you know, a part of other aspects, but that's really the big part. But if we're unconsciousness and there's darkness, we're not seeing those patterns. we're not having pattern recognition, right? right. And we're not seeing the beauty of the universe, and that's when we're yelling at the water. And we're not worried about the patterns that are in the water because we don't even believe in those patterns because we're turned off. Right. Right.
0: And that's where I think an ancient word that we all can familiarize ourselves with, like faith, can Mm. come from. Yes. Um, People don't... I know it gets moved into the category of religion and what has been taught um, or a religious doctrine that's been taught, you know, but really it's the original origin or the origin of the word faith is to be able to understand that that pattern recognition does exist within everything and with within all, I mean, all around us. And that's where faith really would come from in the beginning. And people have even taken that word and just been like, oh, if you're talking about that, then forget about it. So we do have to find uh, a new approach to understanding what this this right. pattern recognition is, yeah
1: know. Yeah, and again, they hijacked faith, right? right because exactly. now you have to have faith, or if yeah. you don't have faith, you're going to burn in hell. yeah That's fear. That's fear, yeah. Right? It's not through this, oh, you're going to expand your consciousness, you're going to become a higher individual, and you're going to obtain that Christ consciousness. They're just like, you need to have faith, or you're going to spend internally burning right. in hell, right? Because, again, unconsciousness, darkness, control. And that's really what we're going to see. So again, so we've seen the, that the expression— a positive expression of love is consciousness, right? And this is that generative polarity, right? So we have the love versus fear. And again, one thing that I really liked about that episode, um, this, this lecture, is a lot of times you're going to hear love and hate as kind of these polarities. But I really do like how he broke it down into fear, because you really have to fear something and be unconscious of it to hate something. right? So fear actually is going to come first. So really, when we're looking at love and fear, these are the like prime, primal essences of conscious expression. This is the, how you get it down to its source. And when you go even further than that, it's just universal consciousness, okay? So this is the positive flow of nor- of universal consciousness is love. That negative um, false expression is fear, okay? Right. And that's just the absence of it. So it's really not- Like the, light and darkness that we talked it's about It's like light before. and darkness, right? But it's really just, it's just that absence of love, right? You know, so it's really one of the, it's it's almost like this illusion that we give ourselves in this five cents of fear, but it's really just the absence of love. There's really no such thing as just the absence of love, right? right.
0: Or a single um, experience. Mm-hmm. That's a very dangerous road that I know a lot of people um, don't get themselves out of or a mental state where there's a couple experiences that have jaded them, but there's so many more experiences probably within the thousands that you're going to have on this journey here but the one or two that happened to you was enough to sort of seal you or close off the ability to receive love altogether. Yes. Because
1: again, it's that finer substance, man. So you, you really have to have your receptors open. And, and again, we do go through trauma and I love how you brought that up because we all go through experiences where we almost feel like, you know, what is this all about? Like, you know, whether it's a breakup or the loss of a loved one and it just, it kind of, it makes you hard and cold. But if you, if you really feel in that and you really go deep down inside, and you really embrace that pain and kind of let it form into you, you realize that what it's doing is that fire that's creating is emptying that cup of emotion and you feel like you're never going to get that water back. But actually what it does is it empties that cup, puts it through the furnace and makes that cup deeper. So when you go to collect water again, which is this emotional energy, you collect much more. So you go through that fire of introspection, that fire of trials and tribulations. But when you actually go through that process with love still behind you, and even though you might not feel it, you really just have to make that free will decision and that faith that it's there, you come up and you are able to collect more water than you were before. Absolutely. And that's so important, you know, because gosh, it's so easy, man. It's so easy to become jaded. It's so easy to become bitter, especially in this world that we live in, just to be like to throw up your hands and be like, oh, we don't stand a chance against these social engineers, right? But that's exactly what they want. They want you to turn offline. They want you to live by fear. They want you to live in an idea of scarcity. They want you to live in this dimmed existence because they know that you are an expression of light. And the problem is, is if you turn yourself on, you're going to blind them because they live through fear and they kind of populate fear. And that's kind of what we're kind of talking about today. You Absolutely.
0: Know? And that's where there's, there's hundreds of metaphors for this. And, and I know that we've talked about it, but you know, say the flow of water that runs through the Nile will nourish the ground that is black and turned black um, before something actually grows out of it. Right. And if you want to listen to people that be like, that soil is done for mm-hmm. like, look at it. It's black. You have enough time to sort of second guess. And if you know enough how to, really cultivate you'll wait and see but if you don't you'll just listen to someone else telling you like you know there's nothing here while they just reap the benefits of everything that will come after you sort of you know pull away and then they're like yes now we have what we want you know i mean they're doing that to us all the All the time and they're doing it right now to us right to our faces and that's why it's hard to have any of these discussions with people who oppose you not because you know that it ends up being a discussion that leads to nowhere, but it's it's hard because people are, are wanting to point to evidence. Mm-hmm. And once again, that evidence of the soil being so dark mm-hmm. isn't enough. It's not substantial enough. You must wait and see of what right. will come from it. But people,
1: yeah. Because they're lacking pattern recognition. Right. The other people know the pattern, and they're like, no, there's the seed's germinating under that. Right. So they're they're not going through the process. They're not going through this pattern recognition. And it's the same thing with... How they get us, so, um, you know, they, they told us astrology was bunk, right? They told us alchemy was bunk. So what they do now is when we go through any kind of traumatic event, instead of you going through that process, what they do is they numb you with a prescription for depression. So you know what? You're going through a tough time. This isn't a pattern. You're not actually growing any new seeds. You just need to be numb. And that's what we have. So we have this, this whole idea of numbing. And it's so funny when people like mock you for studying astrology and character development, but they're so fine with people being on a prescription for the rest of their life. And you know, if there's people that are taking the prescriptions, yeah, there's, there's times that we have to, you could, you might have to do that, but you really want to get self-sufficient when it comes to your mental and your spiritual health. And it, and it's going to take work for sure. Um, But just how we hand this stuff out, especially to children, and we just hand this stuff out, and it's just like, oh, you're going to be on this prescription for the rest of your life, especially with like ADD medicine, right? And they get these kids on at 11 years old because Mm -hmm. these kids don't want to be stuck in this cubed classroom that they're in, so they just get them on this prescription for the rest of their lives, and it's just... It's just so funny because, again, if we looked at the birth chart, if we looked at their numerology chart, we could really see what the essence of this individual was. And we could actually start raising them in individuals like they are rather than this, this blanket, let me see your SAT score or let me see your standardized test score. Right. right. So,
0: well, you know, I think uh, one of the things that I've always found fascinating from all the people that we ever research and people that came about uh, in the early uh, 20th century. Or people who we now hold to high regards as like this is the way we should approach maybe the psychological trauma or this is how we should you know base our our methods off of and don't get me wrong i love all the people that i have researched about or found fascinating to find behavioral health patterns um to to aid people in in a process, but that's slowly starting to slip away even more now. Mm -hmm. That's even kind of like, well, that's questionable. We won't go there. And what I'm getting at overall is I've met people right now as we speak that you just ask questions. So if you ask questions to someone who's either experienced some kind of injustice or some kind of trauma, you're really coming from a place of love because Mm -hmm. you're taking interest into them. And you'd be surprised how many more people nowadays I think find themselves shocked that you're even interested in them. Mm -hmm. And then if you do a good enough job or stick around long enough for that, they'll start dropping um, all the things that hold up to their highest regards, such as medication. And I have a personal encounter with a person like this who eventually just said, I never realized that I experienced so much trauma. I just kind of listened to what I was told Uh, about my diagnosis and just took it and it's been like that for 15 years and one day i just realized like you know what i mean i might have to start opening up more to people Mm -hmm. and within that the conversations came the people that wanted to know more about that individual ended up allowing him to let go Mm -hmm. and to regrow that seed that we're talking about the Felt like for him, and this is a words from his mouth, he's just felt like he was on pause for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like someone didn't let him evolve mm-hmm. out of a place of, of, um, of, tra- of trauma and stagnation. Yeah. And, and so I was shocked, you know, but I wasn't at the same time because I'm like, so you're saying that what started this journey for you of healing again was just conversations with people. It's like, yeah, it's like, I never really opened up to people mm-hmm. because one, I was so drugged and two, I thought no one wants to hear what I have to say. And the more people listen to me and the more he, and I, and he went through a process of counseling and other things, but really overall the base of all that comes from a place of interest, which comes from a place of love, which comes from a place of acceptance, which allowed him to kind of like, un like, just to break away from the things that he just like shackled himself with where he's like, Oh, someone else told me this is what I have. And this is what I need to take. That's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. And he's like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. I'm too young to just like call it here. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, basic things that can be done in order to aid others. Um, you'd be surprised. You know, I know you always talk about, uh, elevating other people, but that's what this is all about. It's like, Hey, how can we all let others know? Like we're all in the same And, you know, if, if you need someone like I'm there and if something is happening, like what aids you die brother, you know, and just asking that we've talked about that before. Um, but anyways,
1: yeah, no, and that's so important, man. Yeah. And you know, um, and even in Africa, um, tribes say, one of my friends was talking to me about this. If there is an individual in the tribe who's violent, if there's an individual who, um, is doing crime or is depressed what they do is they take them to the center of the village and they just all love on them. They circle around this individual and they just give him love for as many days as they need to do. And they just concentrate on sending that love energy and sending that vibration their way to help that healing. And it is so important. And again, we're so busy now that it's just like, oh, just put a Band-Aid on that, just get a prescription, just go out on Friday night and drink with your friends, just take other maybe illegal drugs, do some kind of Band-Aid to put on this because we don't really have that culture and that society to kind of get around you. Like now some of us are blessed with amazing friends, especially in like spiritual communities um, to have that outlet, right? Like we've we've thankfully like i have you and i have some other great friends who blessed I, to have you man blessed to have you my guy <laughs> and uh but it is it's so true like i could yeah. come here if i needed to and get that process but you look at a lot of these these surface friends of people and like what people think is cool those people will drop you so quickly and right. we've had that experience you've had that experience of being with people cuz you thought they were cool and then when you actually needed them they were gone you know yeah. like I mean, going to, um, like, we would see this a lot at, like, you know, like, even at, like, when we were at ASU, you would see, Mm -hmm. like, fraternity guys, like, like, all getting in a cab together, and one guy can't fit, and they'll just take off without the guy, and he's like, what? And they're just laughing at him. Right. And you're just like, man, that's, those aren't your friends. Those aren't your friends. They, like, they're looking at you, or, like, how they're always just, like, doing stuff to each other and like even the idea of like how they have to go through this initiation to be friends with them like these aren't real friends this is an illusion right um and you see this you see this with like surface level friends they're not actually there for you when you need them they're just like what can you do for me lately and that's again why it's so important to have true friendship you know um and that's kind of
0: that's kind of what we see um well, so, you've yeah. you've talked about one thing I, I want you to clarify, but you've said this before that I always like is that you say that, that friendship is like one of the most, um, you know, it, it's a, it's an elective thing yeah. that we that we put ourselves through, not yeah. like an intimate love loving relationship. You know, you know what you need from the opposite sex or the same sex or yeah. whatever the partner is. Um, but a friend, you kind of like hundred
1: percent free will.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's what it was. hundred
1: percent. I mean, because again, there's some kind of exchange between, you know, a mo- like you love your mother and you love your father, your caretaker, right. But they're, they're supporting you. You love your sisters and your brothers, but you're bound by blood. Um, in a romantic partner, there's a sexual exchange. Friendship is just like, I just like being in your presence, right? you know, and that's why friendship has had always the highest order of. Um, essence in occultism and esotericism because it is, it's this highest order of friendship um, or its highest order of relationship because it's just this free will decision based in love. You help yeah. me expand my consciousness. And that's what you want to do. You want to find friends that help you expand consciousness and want the best for you. You don't want friends that, you know, when you're looking like a butterfly, they're mad that you're not a caterpillar anymore. You want friends that want the best for you. Yeah. And that's going to be really important for mental health. Clarity and just support as we kind of go on this journey, because this journey is, it is it, a trial and tribulation. You know, this is the soul's journey, but the more people you have to kind of help light up the path and see experience from and learn from, you're going to be more complete and you're going to complete that 12 zodiac. Um, picture or that reflection of yourself much quicker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, so So again, man, Um. so we, we're kind of, again, we're talking about this positive expression and this negative expression of natural law, which is love and fear, right? So that initiating expression, that positive is knowledge and the acceptance of truth. And that initiating expression of the negative is ignorance, ref- refusal of truth. So where we're going to see this internally manifest, and that's how it's going to happen first. It's going to rise up, and then we're going to see an internal manifestation internally Um, The positive is going to give us internal sovereignty. So we're going to become an internal monarch. So when we generate that generative polarity of love and consciousness, it's going to initially express itself. How it's going to start is through knowledge and acceptance of truth and what the internal expression is going to be. So what happens inside of us when we manifest love is sovereignty, internal monarchy. This is the individual Okay. Not the, the individual, not divided. This is the individual that's from the left side to the right side is balanced. It's as I think, so I feel, right. so I act. And that's this process of love is taking us. If we go the negative aspect, which is going to be fear and unconsciousness, the initial expression inside of us is going to get be that ignorance and the refusal of truth. What we're going to internally manifest is confusion, internal anarchy. Okay. So internal anarchy is not what we want we want internal monarchy we want to be the king Mm -hmm. and the queen right this is remember that story of the pearl like you don't forget you are the sons and daughters of kings you have to find that pearl this is the pearl and this is what we want to really reign from because there really is no such thing of person who has power over you you have power of yourself you are your own sovereign individual. If you, and you will express this internally, if you generate the polarity of love and consciousness, follow the path of truth, you will create that internal sovereignty, which is so important, that internal monarchy. It's not going to be confusion. So when we go through this aspect of fear, when we go through this aspect of ignorance, we are internally. It's going to be internal confusion, right. internal anarchy. And then what are we going to do with that? Well, we're going to meet it with more fear, and we're going to try to put a Band-Aid on this, and we're going to try to put that Band-Aid of a medication, put that Band-Aid of alcohol, even put that Band-Aid of marijuana, you know what I mean, or some kind of drug to Band-Aid that. And again, all that stuff its in, in moderation is fine, but when you're relying on it, and it's, it's how you're covering up this fear that you're living in and this internal confusion— that's when this tool is used in a negative aspect. Right. Right. So it's going to have a generative pol- polarity. That's going to be between love and fear, right? So what are you generating? And this is a free will decision. Are you generating love, which is consciousness, or are you generating fear, which is unconsciousness? And then the in- initiating expression, how it's going to start, is knowledge or ignorance. So either the acceptance of truth and the alignment to truth is really kind of, I like that, or the refusal of truth, right? And what that's going to lead to, accepting truth is going to lead to internal monarchy and sovereignty. Refusal of truth is going to lead to confusion, Internal anarchy. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. And so as we know, the internal leads to the external. Okay, so what this manifest is going to happen is that internal expression, if we are sovereign, if we are our internal monarchs, what we're going to see as the external expression, what happens in society, is freedom. External anarchy. No masters. No rulers, right? Because we are our own self sovereign individuals. This is what the Declaration was all about. This was like, this is why real patriots are very against the Constitution, right? You know, this is why they wanted just to, you know, even a lot of real patriots don't, never wanted us to even have the Articles of Confederation, which was the kind of the first Constitution that we had that was kind of loose. But the Declaration of Independence was just. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of life, liberty, and property. Right. And that's all they wanted for a government. That's all they wanted from their government was a government right. had to protect your life, your liberty, and your property. And your property was your vehicle. That's you. So you, you had to, that's all the government was meant to do is you had to protect the life, liberty, and property, and liberty being in the aspect of like, I can do whatever I want as long as it's not hurting somebody else. Right. So, like, whatever, whatever sex I want to, like, whatever kind of partner I want to have in my own bedroom, that's my liberty. As long as that other person's in agreement and they're of age, um, and they're of the a mature age to agree to it, you can't impose on that. You can't impose on like the idea of like. It's so funny when we're like, oh, but look at like. They gave us the right for, like, homosexuals to marry, and they desegregated stuff. They never had the right to do any of that shit in the first place. Exactly. You know, like, the idea of, like, oh, but these politicians gave, um, you know, they took away segregation in schools. They never had the right, had right to th- segregate yep. schools in the first place if we really understood who we were. Right. Like, they'd never had the right to tell you who you could sleep with in your bedroom. As long as they're obviously of age and a maturity, like, none of this bullshit that's happening now with underage children um they have to have a maturity and they have to be sovereign individuals but they never had the right to take that stuff from right us, you know and it's just so funny how we like we like get excited when they give us these rights back and it's like bullshit you never that had was, that right to take it from us yeah. in the first place and that's exactly. where this in freedom this external anarchy is going to come from and that's really what this country was based on was you know that's what sam adams fought for that's what these patriots actually died on the battlefields were was for All the government was going to protect was life, liberty, and property. And property, Hmm. again, they're talking about your vehicle in which your soul is expressing consciousness. Right. And that's it. Now, again, there's going to be, I mean, we still had bullshit stuff like slavery, and there was stuff we had to work through, uh, but really, the essence of the Declaration of Independence is what has made that so powerful. And again, the Constitution comes around, and then we're going to have more laws, but they argued that. That's all the laws you need. Right. Life, liberty, and property, everything else is just gonna garbage it up. And we're gonna what we're gonna have there is obfuscation. And this is where natural law, which is what was expressed in the Declaration of Independence, gets replaced by man's law. Right. Okay. And yep. this is based in fear. Fear. Exactly. Yep. Because when we have this negative expression, this if when we do this generative polarity, so we saw that when we go through love, it goes from love, knowledge, sovereignty to external freedom. The negative is going to be that fear unconsciousness, ignorance, which is refusal of truth, which is really refusal of this natural law, which leads to internal anarchy, which is confusion. And what we're going to see in the external expression is control, external monarchy. Exactly. There's no such thing as anybody that controls you. You are in control of your vehicle.
0: Unless you're ignorant.
1: Unless you're ignorant. And then you impose, and then you have this representative, right? And then you argue about who represents you, but you are your own representation. You represent yourself through your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions.
0: But you don't represent yourself when you're living in fear. fear. Yeah, You it's, let somebody else yep. represent you. Yep. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, oftentimes they say, right, that um, people of great minds are met with ignorant and... and uh, violent opposition yes you know because they're choosing not to lean into truth therefore the only thing they want to lead into is the truth that's being sold to them and if right. you're opposing that which is what they're leaning on within fear then you're wrong right and it's it's like no man
1: yeah <laughs> no yeah and you know that's the f- so funny thing because again we have this control this external monarchy right right so this the final manifestation right we have the internal expression External expression and the manifestation. When we use through the the polarity of love, the manifestation is order. That is what it is. It's manifested good because we work through the generative process of love that gave us the initiating expression of knowledge, which then led to the internal expression of sovereignty, which led to the external expression of freedom, which led to the manifestation. The result we created was order. Where in the negative, when we live by fear, this unconsciousness, when we refuse truth of natural law, that there's a universal code that we have to follow, that we have to be morally correct, and that our actions actually have consequences, this is going to lead to an internal expression of confusion, which is internal anarchy. The external expression we're going to see is control—an external monarchy or an external, um, you know, controlling force that goes beyond just life, liberty, and, the, and property. Right? It tries to control all facets of your life and tell you what is moral and what isn't moral. When really, the government should never tell you that. You should internally know what's moral, right? Exactly. Because to the government, it's fine if you shoot the brown, you know, the brown-skinned Disney villain, as long as that's our enemy right now. Right? They'll be like, "Oh, that's fine. You can go to this place and shoot these people." Uh, no. Like you don't understand the consequences that are going to come from this like you're not going to know the consequences of like even police officers who when there's people rioting or when there's people protesting to get their natural rights back and they become violent on them they have to understand that the karmic consequences are going to hit them first before it hits the people who give them that order exactly right you know so this confusion in this internal anarchy allows the government to be the arbitrator of truth so that means like it comes down to the idea of like what happens in Stalinist Russia when you have to pull the trigger on a bunch of families, but you're like, oh, I got an order to do that. Universe doesn't give a shit about no. that order, right? Well, Years to the pay lower
0: G the- gods. It's like yep. y- if you have priests that are setting the orders to conquer a new land and by all means change the perspective of beings that have existed longer than these people who just arrived. Mm-hmm. It's okay because it's in the name of God, but it's right. like, that's not that's God. Not, that's and, not God. And that's, that's you.
1: That's you. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's that lowercase God. That's these archons, right? Right. So we have this confusion, internal anarchy, the external expression of this fear is going to be control an external monarchy. And the manifestation we're going to see is chaos manifested evil right you know and it's just so funny when people talk about like oh but if we didn't have um governments there would be chaos and you're like what is this global war that we've been having for the last 25 years what is this idea of bombing and dropping a bombs on people like this is chaos like you know they're like oh but then people would just be able to do anything and get away with it and you're like what do you think Walmart is? Like, what is this, like Nike having child labor in China, right. right? Just because the government supports it and they pay off the people, you know, this is a problem. Like, but they're, what we're just told, though, there'll be chaos without him. It's chaos now. Yeah. Right? Like, our, our natural rights are being taken away. They love us living in fear they've created this chaos and uh, we live in chaos and people don't recognize that they recognize as like we need this because we need to be protected from our neighbors but then when i meet my neighbors they're the coolest cats in the world and it's these turds that are the ones that are dropping bombs on people these are the ones that are you know spreading disease they, everything that kind of comes from this you know it's this is chaos we live in a chaotic we live in this like kind of evil society and it's not going to get improved until we actually align ourselves with natural law. When we become a moral society and we become moral people, we will manifest this. But think about how they propagate nihilism right now and like how they it's all about being selfish. It's all about me, me, me. And like how many social media likes can I have? And the people that they're parading in front of their children, like our children. Like I know I always talk about this person, but what is that turd called? Cardi B, right? Oh my gosh. Like what is that, right? Like anytime my students like tell me they like Cardi B, I'm like, oh, actually, nope. Your new favorite artist is Lauren Hill. And am like, what? I'm like, go home and listen to Lauren Hill. That's right, your homework, right, you know. Yeah. And then they come back and like, wow, she's like good. And I'm like, yeah, that's called talent. That's like God given talent there. What you have here is this like satanist manufactured garbage crap, manufactured crap. That the only reason you're listening to this is because it's pumped to you. By this dictator, right? Because a dictator is just somebody who's constantly talking. Dictator. Like, right? constantly speaking. This is why we are in so control, and this is why we live in fear, because we're constantly told to be in fear. They've kept us in this state of fear. Like, what do you think these lockdowns are? What do you think this whole situation is? It's fear. It's the same. And you
0: generate it, right? Like, Well, you carried it with you. You just you mentioned the, 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 the neighbor. Yeah. The neighbor is a great concept, because... Uh, this just happened to me, so here I'll go with like an experience I just had two days ago. Right now, everyone's wearing their masks, and we understand what state of, of mind everyone's in, right? But I have two neighbors on either side of my house. Two neighbors. Neither of them have really approached me. One thing they've both done, though, is they've been witnessing me constructing in my garage. Um, you know, Aside from all hobbies that I like to do, woodworking is great. And I like to to get myself involved in that. And I kind of keep it to myself. Well, I didn't realize that both of them had been witnessing it. So both of them, just two days ago, on separate occasions, came into my garage and go, Hey, I just want to see what you've been working on. Nice. The conversation went from like eight feet apart to within three feet apart within seconds. And we're mm-hmm. talking about life in a way that I think neither of us could could have predicted we would connect on. That was one neighbor. The other guy comes over. Same thing. He's kind of weary. He doesn't know what to say, but he wants to know what's going on in the garage. He's been hearing things. He looks in the garage. We talk about it and we both connect. Since then, both neighbors have been coming over to my house being like, hey, do you want this? Do you need this? Hey, my door is wide open. And it took a year and a half that I've been in this house for that to, to happen. But it took a conversation and that's the hardest thing to do, even though it's such a simple thing to do to them realize like, Oh, I got to put my guard down for a second and realize like this person sees me and I see them right back. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like some prolific like lecture. I didn't go and lecture anyone. I didn't go and, and, you know, find some situation where I aided someone when I didn't have to aid them in order to have that bridging. It was just a matter of, Hey, this is who I am. And then there's that that you've been told. Over there, mm-hmm. and over there could be the television, could be your phone, could be something that's miles away. But what you keep observing and um, and buying into doesn't have any validity because it doesn't lie within truth. And truth mm-hmm. again doesn't have to be something so prolific; it can be just a conversation with your neighbor. So mm-hmm. I really like that you bring up the neighbor thing. We always talk about that, but it starts in that space, that yes. small. You know what I mean? Uh, if if you only knew this about Daniel. Uh, I've known Daniel for well over almost twenty years. Um, but Daniel uh, and me, but I'll say this with Daniel more so. Um, my uh, my other friends who have met Daniel always said Daniel is a citizen of the world, and I've had my I've had people call me that as well. And all we are is we just don't we just don't segregate the idea of that we're all in the same. Mm-hmm. And pretty quickly, someone else ends up just. Opening doors for you so, so, in such a way that your experiences are so rich. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he being Daniel won't tell you too many stories, but when you get a good story out of Daniel, it's like, how did all this happen to you? And like, it all worked out. And he's just like, he's never questioned it, he's never said to me. Well, I you know, I thought of this, and then I thought of that, and then it led down to this, and let no, it's just like, hey, I trusted, I understood what was happening, and I just saw people for what they are, and you do. And then people kind of see that for themselves, and then the rest is history. Right. It's even not worthy of telling of a story, because I feel like you'd have to really go back and be like, well, let me dissect everything mm-hmm. that happened. And it's not that interesting when you're like, when I was living in the moment. Right. This is how it really yeah. happened. Being present, being, right?
1: right the human being, right. which is so important. Um, yeah, man. And again, one of the things too, when we were talking about that manifestation, because the manifestation, the result we create from that positive expression of love is order, which is the manifested good, right? That manifestation that we get from the negative expression of fear, the result we create is chaos. Right. One thing we have to understand is you can never get the opposite from the expression that generated polarity you put in. And that's something we don't understand. We still try to create order by using fear. And that's something we're always trying to do in society. So we always think, you know, how do we create order? Oh, maybe, you know, we need to be kind of, it's like almost this thing of ignorance and this thing of fear, but we try to create order with fear. And it's impossible. The only way we're ever going to create order is through this aspect of love. We're never going to create order by bombing another country. We're never going to create order by segregating people. We're never going to give create order through that. It's only going to come through the love expression of fear, right? right? Because it's a polarity. It's like the perfect expression of that would be, would be like if I was, say I was outside your house and I'm just like spraying water on clothes and you come out and you're like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm drying my clothes and I'm just spraying water on them. It doesn't matter if I'm there for 200 years spraying that water. I am never going to dry off those clothes. It's only going to be when I actually take out that absence of water, they're actually going to dry. Right? Does that make sense? It does. So it's just so funny how we use fear and control, and we always are looking for more control to create order. Oh, we need more laws. We need more um, military. We need all this stuff. It's never going to create order. We need more military bases in other countries. It's never going to create order. It's only going to create more chaos, only more manifested evil, right? As long as we're pulling triggers on innocent individuals who are not trying to take our natural rights and just live in their own natural rights, we are only going to have manifested chaos. Right? And that's just really something we want to kind of perpetrate that. Now that we understand how this generative polarity works, how it in- initially expresses, how it internally expresses, how it externally expresses, and how we see this manifestation. Right. All If we want order in our life, which is exactly what we want to, we have to use this generative polarity of love. And it's the only essence that we start from in every application. And like you were saying, talking to your neighbor, like it was the same with talking to the individual, um, you know, when we talk about being a citizen of the world, right? We approach that situation with love. And even if there was somebody who maybe was going to pit us. We were so loving in the beginning and still aware of ourselves, like still protecting our bodies and being conscious of the situation that this is a stranger, but it doesn't open up that opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I so did. yeah, you know, it's just this, again, this natural law, natural being it's inherent, having a basis in nature. Reality and truth, it's not or made uh, caused by mankind. And the law is an existing condition which is binding and immutable, so it can't be changed. So, this natural law of love versus fear, there's nothing you can do. You either align yourself with this and you feel pleasure and expansion, or you work against it and you feel pain and darkness, right? Between light and darkness, the, the force, the force, the force between the force and the dark side, yeah, right, and it all comes down to these free will decisions of what do you do, and we have to understand again causal factors. Right, it all starts with us, and it all starts as this internal realization of what are you manifesting—order or chaos. Right, and it's going to be a choice between love and fear.
0: Right. Oh, it's a, it's a better understanding of who we are, where we're coming from, and how to apply what we want to apply within. I should say a more. Sound way of approaching things, yes. and uh, yeah, if if, uh, if you haven't listened to the Lost Principle, that's a good episode to go back to. Uh, we've covered so much since we started, yeah. But the Lost Principle and talking about um, this generative uh, uh, law, I think, or this idea, um, is really good to go back and listen to that to really understand how to do that. You right. know, how to really put that together. Right. It all starts um, with us. It does. It all starts with us. And uh, and that's why, I mean, every episode I say this, I'm very thankful every week. So much happens in between the episodes that we produce and the more we want to um, evolve as a community, but it's all within that same idea. And I hope that that's what we're bringing to the audience is just like right. real truth and actually doing the damn work mm-hmm. because they're doing it already for us and we and i shouldn't say we as in you and i but a lot of us are just following you know that fear and and we're getting confused uh more and more each day between you know what's right and what's you know just something we we we're, we're fearing uh and not really going so much to investigate where truth actually lies and truth is just sort of like fading away, you know, within a lot of people and it's like, no 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 let me like lend you a hand before you drown and go down mm-hmm. and let me pull you back out and you can do that once again very sim- in a simplistic fa- fashion like talking to your neighbor as we always say. Um but yeah, I hope that that's what we can do with this podcast, you know, every every step of the way.
1: Yeah. You know? And you know what, that's it's interesting, and there's something we're going to kind of talk about, and it's called the Matthew Principle um, from the Bible, and it states, for those who have everything, more will be given. Right. And for those who have nothing, everything will be taken. And this is, and again, people talk about this in like terms of economics, and they actually think it's like this um, negative aspect, but what it actually is in regards to truth. Right. The more people, the more you have truth, the more you'll be given, and that's um expansion of consciousness that's love that is a better understanding that's pattern recognition a higher perspective on life really becoming that chess master and for those who have nothing all will be taken and what they're saying is you know the closer the more you go off of truth the potential to fall off the cliff into five cents like five sense illusion expectantly glows and you really are playing with a dangerous game. So when we talk about that Matthew principle and we'll do a whole lecture on the Matthew principle, cause it's, again, it's used in economics. Um And again, I think Jordan Peterson talks about it. You can see this like in monopoly, you know, when the people start getting more pieces, they end up collecting that whole game. But really what that could be an illusion for is truth. It's not so much a material thing. Right. It's, it's on this idea of universal knowledge. The more, that the the people that have everything the more will be given right. and those who have nothing everything will be taken and it's with this alignment with truth the more you're aligned with truth um, the more you're going to be given when it comes to you know love peace and grace
0: absolutely absolutely there's people who don't really understand that expecting something you will receive nothing expecting nothing you will receive everything right. it's 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 a something that we all kind of know but uh, it all has to do with where it's coming from. Right. What is that generative principle that we've talked about? Yeah. Where is it coming from? Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I uh, I really, my hat's off to you, man, because this this conversation I've been wanting to have for a long time since conversations amongst my family and amongst my friends is in such, um, such a low vibration at times because of what they're deciding to choose or what they're choosing to, to believe. And so you know, we may not reach them today, but, you know, we continue this pursuit and right. we'll reach them one way or another because, I mean, who wants to live in fear anyways? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. um. well, my guy, I think that's that's all I have to add to, t- to yeah, today's yeah, topic. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, again, we are so thankful for being here this week with you. Thankful again for all the uh, wonderful patron individuals as well. So, absolutely. big shout out to everybody there. Yeah people uh, we'll always kind of update new videos Eddie and I are working on one right now too so that's going to be really exciting um, so stay tuned there and then also these videos will be eventually posted on the website and as well as we got some new blogs coming up but uh, again we're just so thankful to share this time with each and every one
0: of you absolutely man always thankful always thankful um, until next time until next time <laughs> breakfast is the most important meal of the day Not only does it give us the energy we need, it also gives us an opportunity to make a positive environmental impact. Earthling Food Company
1: originated from the simple truth that what is good for the body is good for the planet. They create delicious plant-based food that lifts us up rather than weighs us down. That's right, you will never find preservatives, refined sugar, oil, animal products, gluten, or any other crap that is environmentally destructive. Only the good stuff.
0: Would you like a hearty granola that is both delicious and healthy? What what about uh, something with zero cholesterol or an alternative to scrambled eggs? Earthly Food Company has you covered. They are a brand new husband and wife startup, so check back regularly for new products. Greg and Jen have been listeners and supporters of the Know
1: Thyself podcast since our very first episode. We first collected on a philosophical conversation and then through the conversation learned about this really exciting new project that they were creating, which is a organic, amazing granola that they want to share with all the listeners of our community.
0: Artisan granola and seasoning make a great holiday gift. Visit earthlingfood.com. That's earthlingfood.com. Dot company. Did you say earthlingfood.company? That's exactly what I said. To order online and use the discount code KnowThyself. That's one word, KnowThyself, for 15% off your purchase. They are also offering uh, free shipping on orders over $70. So, uh, you know, order online today.
1: I would do it like right now.